You guys know how supporting local business is in our blood. We're super excited to tell you about Denver Rubber Company, and it may not be what you think it is. No, it's not condoms. Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. Since 1972, Denver Rubber Company has provided the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, and custom contract manufacturing. And guess what? Obviously, it's been a great November so far, but don't let it fool you. Snow is coming, and we've already had a taste of it on the ground. You'll need Denver Rubber Company when it comes to anything snowplows. DRC can cut to size and pre-slot most snowplow rubber, and the blades can be cut to any length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications. We went and checked out their warehouse about a couple months back now, and they really can pump those things out. I mean, by the hundreds, if not thousands at a time. These guys have created proprietary materials that do all sorts of things, including the inside of wind turbine blades and even stuff that goes into bulletproof vests and stops AK bullets. Remember, Denver Rubber Company Custom makes it all, and you can purchase products for yourself and, of course, buy bulk at a fantastic rate. They're a family-owned business with loyalty only to the people, just like us here at DNVR. Be sure to call them today for any of those snowplow needs or for anything else made out of rubber, basically. You can reach them at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash DNVR. All right, let's jump into the show. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole. A left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scars. Nathan McKinnon. Cole J.T. Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious. All right, while these two retweeted, welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. You can visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or check out online through mygreensolution.com. Set it up for the express checkout near you. You'll be in and out in minutes. Plus, you can use code DNVR20 for 20% off your purchase. We got the whole band in the studio today. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley. To my left is Evan Rowell. We're all in here getting ready to answer some of your questions. I imagine we have a little bit of everything all over the board. AJ's taking over question master duties today, though. I mean, I'm going to ask a couple of them. I think you have one that you wanted to ask. I do have one that I, I found interesting. One whole question. Yeah, you know, <laughs> really did the legwork on today's show. We'll see. It's good, I'm, I'm, it's good that we came prepared. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, AJ, you want to start us off or you want me to ask my one? Yeah, we'll start. We'll we'll, we'll start with a non-hockey question. Oh, good. Oh. And I told, I told you what it was going to be <laughs> okay, coming in, so right. you know which question. I'm ready, is. yeah. But uh, Danny Love wants to know. What is the meaning of life for you guys? Rudolph, I'll start with you. Um, my meaning of life is super boring, I think. But generally, it's just be happy and enjoy yourself. And right now... So Bill and Ted. Pretty much, yeah. And honestly... Be excellent. Mission accomplished so far right now. Okay. Working for DNVR, I am happy and enjoying myself. And you have a dope wife. And I have a dope wife, yeah. It's a year and a half this month. Yeah. So, no complaints. I mean, I guess mine's going to be somewhat similar. Be happy, do what you love, and just be kind to each other. Not trying to get too deep on a hockey podcast here, but, (laughs) uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I mean, I don't subscribe to anything too deep here. No? No. No. It's it's just be easy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. (laughs) Yeah. Life is life. Yeah. There's too many ups and downs to take everything too seriously. To to get too involved in things? <laughs> yeah. All right. That's fair enough. I was known by the, the phrase, it is what it is in high school, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, uh, you know, when JJ was still on the pod with me back in the day, he used to always he used to always make fun of me because he would be like, oh, so how are you today? And I'd 
I'm fine. <laughs> and we would do we would record an episode and he would be really proud of that episode and he'd be like, Oh, so how'd you think how'd you feel about it? And I'd be like, It was fine. <laughs> everything was everything is fine. Like it's it is what it is, you know? Like I think I think when you go through certain things in life and you experience like real downs, then the day to day stuff you're just kinda like, eh, just roll with it, man. It's whatever. Yeah. You know, like you don't you don't you don't let it get to you too much either way. So Definitely. I don't I don't know what I I don't know if that's a meaning of life for me. I, it's just, you know. Yeah, I, maybe those are like more how we live our lives less than yeah, the actual Yeah, than the meaning. actual meaning. I yeah. mean, the meaning is what you make it, right? Like you get to for decide sure. what's meaningful for you and what's not and that's great. And you know, we all work in an industry now where we don't have to take things too seriously. You know, we you know, it's it's not like covering a football team where every week is life or death. True. You know, we we watched them get blown out last night, and we're already on to tomorrow. Like yeah. we woke up today, and it was like it's in the past. Shake it off quick, for exactly. sure. Exactly. Tomorrow, tomorrow is already coming. So, not too worried about it. And you know, it is what it is. There it is. And that's and that's just <laughs> how it is. So, three simpletons. Yeah. Great. No, uh, we're just three abs podcasts. Right. We're not here to talk about life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good <laughs> at hockey. I don't know. Living life and stuff's kind of whatever. Yeah. It's a little it's a little scary. Sometimes. Sometimes. All right, get to your question. All right. So this comes from World of Suck who asked us on the VNVR.com. Shout out to him. What do you think of Vlad Kamenev, and is his ceiling a higher NHL player than Tyson Jost? And I kind of want to expand on that. We can talk about him in relation to Jost, but what is his ceiling fully as an NHLer? Um, I mean, they might be similar, just in terms of I think they could both probably top out as third-line centers at this point. Yeah. But I definitely like what Jost brings on a nightly basis more than Kamenev. Uh when you're out there, you know, Kamenev does one or two nice things every game that I always appreciate. But with Jost, it's he gets involved in lots of stuff. More nights than not. And, and speaking about this year, mostly, I, I like what he brings, what he's been bringing to the table night in, night out versus Kamenev. You know, we saw Kamenev last night play on the wing for the first time, and it was like, disappeared all the all the positive forward momentum i think he'd been building up at center was gone it's i like kamenev's skill game but jost prototypically fits that 3c mold a lot better with his ability to go and dig pucks and and things like that you've talked about his weird uncanny ability to read goaltenders for no apparent reason and just yeah. take pucks away. And Kamenev doesn't seem to have that as much. He has the passing skill. I believe he yeah. does fit the mold of a center in that distribution ability. But you're talking about more of a middle six role there, and I do yeah. wonder about his engagement at, at that level. That's that's where I think – that's that's why I've kind of mentally put him as like a 4C is yeah. because – I have a hard time ever seeing him get 14 minutes a night and him being fully engaged every single night for that many minutes. Uh, I just don't. I just don't see it. the skill level is definitely there, and the size is great. And I think he uses it effectively. He's not a physical player, but I think he uses his size well and he understands the advantages it gives him. But it's really the hands and the vision that that sell me on him as an NHL caliber player. The big question, you're right though, is can can he get Stay himself engaged, to yeah. care enough on a shift by shift basis? For me, I yeah, I agree. They have very similar ceilings, but they are not similar players. So I you know, I look at Cam and I actually think he's a little bit better than Jost defensively, personally. Uh, they just play the game very differently. Jost is gonna be the guy who's digging for the pucks along the wall, whereas mm-hmm. Cam have is very much the he likes to be that third man high who can read the play based off of that. So, um, and he, I think he also understands he's not the best skater. So, if he gets caught down low, he's probably not getting back. <laughs> so, uh, and then obviously, he maybe is not the best board player just because he doesn't engage as well as Joe. So, um, I do think they have very similar uh ceilings, just very different players, and it's more of a preference. I'm uh, I, I've been pretty happy with Jost, but there's a lot of nights where he's just a guy out there. Last and, night? Yeah. 
I mean, so, who wasn't just a guy out there yeah, last night? A fair Burkowski. Yeah. <laughs> fair. Yeah. So, uh, and obviously, Kamenev is kind of the same. You're, I'm not sure either of them are the ideal third line center going forward, to be honest. But I do see them having very similar ceilings. I think Jared Bednar's long lost son is the ideal three C yeah. going forward. But you will, and and I think they're both soft for bottom six guys. And that's where, you know, a guy like Kadri at 2C, you can get away with it because right. he brings more of that that uh, snarl to his game, a little more of a sandpapery side to him. But definitely, uh, you know, the addition of Belmar at 4C, I think, makes it a little easier. But the idea of a lineup of, like, like just a theoretical lineup of, of like, a Bowers – and a Jost and a Kamenev, like it's a very soft center lineup. You don't have any like nasty centers at that point. Yeah. And that's where I think they'll have to eventually pick. Between between a Jost and a Kamenev, I don't I don't think that they're long for a long term Colorado career. Um That's just the reality. You can't yeah. have six centers forever. <laughs> right. And I think and I think that depending on what Colorado wants to do will depend on which guy they choose. Like if they go after Taylor Hall, for example, you yeah. know, that's or a or a, another big fish in trade. Jost is definitely the guy that you kind of look at where you're like, this is an obvious guy There's to move. There's some value there that you yeah. can move. Yeah. And if you're going after smaller pieces, um, you know, Kamenev in a package deal with the maybe right. one of the defensemen. Yep. That's where you're kind of you know, that's how you get value for right. Excess that's assets. that's the yeah. approach where you kind of consolidate a little bit. Where you're, you have some guys that may not necessarily fit your roster long term. You kind of move them around a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I could realistically see neither of them being on the team next year. Whereas you know, Joe's type. You know, that I would be pretty bold. I could see him being the guy that they use as getting a big fish. Whereas Kamenev, you know, is he even a long term fit here? I'm not sure. And you know, even. Tynan's playing more than him at even strength, so you just don't know how the organization so, feels about him. So I kind of feel like he's maybe not playing for an NHL or for an Avs job right now, but an NHL job just to showcase well, I think he, himself. I think he definitely is playing yeah. for an NHL yeah, job right. just because he does not have the credentials that back any of it up. Right now, you know, he's got a 50-point season in the AHL, two lost years, and you're kind of like, who is he? Yeah. So next year you're potentially looking at McKinnon, Kadri, Bowers, Belmar. Down the Potentially. Middle. I mean, they still and Bednar has said it as much, he still thinks Comfer is better at center too. So Which I he needs to let that I, go. I yeah. don't agree with that either, but I'm just that's what he said. He said he thinks everyone's better at center, so <laughs> the Avs seem to think everyone is a center sometimes, so Yeah. Yeah, I, well I remember Colin Wilson playing center Colin there. Colin Wilson's at times, played center. Sheldon Dries has played center. Right, but that that was a different you Andrew Agazino has played center. They they did improve their center depth to the point where they don't have to do that. They anymore. definitely don't. And I think it's also a reason why when they have these injury issues, why a guy like Shane Bowers isn't getting called up is because they're not calling up a center because they just don't need one. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're getting value out of guys. I don't know if I want to get into this conversation. <laughs> because they should have called up Shane Bowers. All right. <laughs> what they should stop doing is playing Val Natushkin 14 minutes. And also but. that, yeah. Oh, man, they threw him out. He, I swear he played like four of the last five minutes of that game last <laughs> night. They were just like, stay out there and try to score a goal. I thought about texting you and being like, this is how it's going to happen. It's going to be in a blowout loss. He's going to score a meaningless well, goal. He, yeah, they kept putting him out there with everyone. I was like, they're just clearly just trying to get this over with. Embrace the fact that it's never coming. Like, just, okay. He's lost. We're approaching 90 straight games. <laughs> like, we're right on the bubble now. We've got to do something about it? this. Someone sent us a link that there was some gambling site that the over-under is right? 92 and a half 92 games. and a half. Yeah. There's an actual betting line on him actually getting so this what, done. What would that be? Like, the end of the road trip then, or what? About um, then, yeah. I think they're at 89 right now. I think he's at 89, but I'd so have yeah, to double-check. What's, what's the payout on that? I might check that out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually know. <laughs> you know, you know what? Then and that game ends in Minnesota. Those odds makers know what they're doing. <laughs> All right, should move on from the uh, from that. One more question here for segment one. All right, I've got too many tabs open, so give me one sec. 
Take your time. We can talk about anything in the meantime. I do want to ask this question. I know that it's one that uh, frustrates us because it's two years away. Oh, boy. See? <laughs> but I I think things have changed in the first two months of the season. Um, Lee says, hey, guys, big fan from Australia. Love your work. With the start of the season we've had, how do you project to the Seattle expansion draft at this point? Wow. And what I think, why I think, why I wanted to ask this and why I think it's interesting is because I think that there's one guy who we were all kind of iffy about coming on in into the season who we're now going to be probably putting on the protect list, and that's Burkowski. Yeah, I, I think you have to. It, excuse me, makes sense that that question's coming from Australia because they're in the future, so they're a little bit closer to that expansion draft it's than true. we are. Um Burkowski's got to be protected unless he just absolutely falls off a cliff through the yeah. rest of this year. He's been exactly what the Evs have needed through a second line winger, and the only thing, the only I want out of him is for him to shoot the puck more. Yeah, and he's got seven goals, so no complaints about him. He should absolutely be on the list. Kadri should absolutely be on the list. Obviously, the top three on the right. list, and so that's five of your seven forwards, right? And then. Donskoy probably makes that list as well, given the four-year contract and how well he's played. So you have one spot to kind of mess with, whether that's Comfer or... It's probably Comfer and Jost at right. this point. Yeah. I, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, we, I think everyone kind of thought it'd be Z, but I'm not sure he's making it to that point. So the guy that, and I know I just said he might not be here next year, but Jost is the name that I was thinking would be the guy that's kind of the sacrificial lamb at that point. Well, I mean, the defense is becoming a, a pretty easy proposition, too. You're protecting Gerard and Makar, and then it's just dealing with the EJ situation after right. that. And, I mean, is it even worth trying to get him to wave at this point? And Would you rather leave Zadorov out there on the limb, on kind of hanging on that, that limb as, like, the potential to to entice them to not take Jost? Honestly, no, at this point. You'd prefer Zadorov over Jost? I think I well, It's right now, I would, but Byram is right there, and right. Timmins is right there. Well, and, and Shane Bowers is right there. Right. So and so it's like each guy you could theoretically replace yeah, pretty easily. It, you have to wait. Like, next year will tell us a lot in how Byram enters the league and how Bowers enters the league, which hopefully he gets games this year. But ignoring that, yeah. it's... It's going to depend on how the prospects come along on whether you're looking at exposing Zadorov or Johnson or Jost or Confer or whoever. Yeah. I'm not sure it matters. If it's between those two, you don't I would just be like, Hey, this is I mean right. everyone's gonna lose somebody and you don't right. wanna be the team that has to pay up like everyone like yeah, Minnesota did. Definitely like just that. take well, that L. You don't you're not doing that. <laughs> yeah. Because like Minnesota had to they were forced because their their forward core and how they had the contracts were set up, they were going to lose one of Spurgeon, Dumba, Brodeen. They were going to lose one of those guys. They didn't have a choice. And so they that's why they paid up. Colorado's not in that situation. Yeah. Their top four probably realistically is not in danger, any kind of danger. Because I don't I don't see Zadorov as part of their consistent long term top four. And we are, yeah. I mean, you mentioned Byram. We'd fully expect Byram to be on this team next year. Yes. So, you know, I think he takes that job from Zadorov. It's very easy. There. The Evs are in a great situation to just absorb whatever that loss may be. Yeah. They don't have to really protect anything. Honestly, depending on how things go, Francois could be dangled out there as I was well. going to say, Francois could be the, the real guy that we're having this conversation about if, you know, he's. I think he's got to play better. Yeah, the, naturally. I mean, he's got to – we've talked about it. He has to find that sweet spot where he's good yeah. enough to get re-signed by the Avs, but not anyone desperate. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be a tough proposition for them to start with a, a career backup who at that point will be 31. Yeah, so, that's There would probably true. be better goalies available, you would think. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's we. You looked at the what Vegas got. They got the perfect situation with Flurry. Yep. And then after that, they had it was Pickard and Subban. Well, Subban, <laughs> they claimed on waivers the first week of the season. Yeah. They, so. Well, they ended up with like four goalies at the end of it, and so Pickard ended up getting moved. But they had such a good situation in the starter position that it almost didn't matter. Right. 
And that was, I think, that's going to be a tough one to recreate. Yeah. So, uh, but no, I think for, for Colorado, I think Burkowski has definitely been the guy this year that you just move his name over. Definitely. Question mark into, don't worry about it. Just protect him. Yep. Especially if he plays like last night. I mean, at this point, I mean, let, let's just talk about it real quick. At this point, what would it take for you to consider this season a disappointment from him? Because for me, it feels like a if he if he stops at 35, 40 points, it feels like it would be a bit of a letdown. I mean, I, w- I think I said before the year, if he hit 30 points, I'd be happy. So he's – But knowing he's how he started. Yeah, I mean, at this point, he's probably got to hit 40 points at least because, you know, he's – I. I we already seen it. He's still going to go through those slumps. He already yeah. went through one. It's going to happen, but he's already got such a head start on what I expected mm-hmm. that 40 points is the minimum now. I mean, he's got to get 20 goals now, right? He's on a 30-goal pace. Yeah. So I mean, he's got seven through the first quarter of the season. Right. You feel like 20 goals is – and it's not like an outrageous shooting percentage. It's not, it's not yeah. one of those major outliers where you're like, oh, boy. It's pretty reasonable. He obviously has shown how – good his shot can be mm-hmm. again i need i want him to take advantage of it more but he scores seven goals in 19 games <laughs> if he does that three more times he's got 21 goals and you're done yeah that's math two more times not yeah. good math but <laughs> i knew what you were I, yeah i, really, I knew what you were driving at up here we think good talk bad it's fine <laughs> All right, well, take, take yeah. us out of this one. Yeah, so that's uh, – I can definitely drink to Burakovsky being the guy he uh, was supposed to be when the Avs picked him up. So it's time to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. If you're watching live, you can see we all have a Breck beer going here. It's always a good time in the DNVR offices, thanks to them. I got a Breck lager. This is a, it's pretty basic stuff. AJ's got the interesting one today with the vanilla porter. Drinking the the good stuff, the vanilla Michael Porter Jr. as mm. the the Nuggets guys call it. So drink it for that fact alone. But if you're looking for a, a darker beer to drink, the vanilla Porter is definitely the way to go. It's one of my favorites because I like darker beers. Actually, a little surprised to see AJ drinking it, but hey, if he likes it, he likes it. So find a Breckenridge beer, be it the vanilla Porter, or the Breck Lager, or any of their other stuff at your local Davidson's or any other liquor store for that matter. And also keep an eye out for the Breckenridge event calendar on thednvr.com. All of our events are planned there, and we will have a ton of Breck beer at those events, including free Breck beer at the Denver Broncos tailgate. I believe it's on December 1st. Don't quote me on that, but sometime in December. Come out, drink free beer, have a good time. Yeah. It's going to be great. All right. Back to the questions. Back to the questions, indeed. There was a there was an incident in an NFL game last night. There sure was. In which one player forcibly removed the helmet of another player and then attacked him with it, which brought up a lot of questions about should they should they consider that an assault charge? And... I was kind of curious because we had a question along these lines of how do you guys feel about the them taking sporting event, things that happen in the realm of a sporting event into actual like real life consequences and not just he's been suspended by the league, you know, like you've got to go to court now. Has he, He's been suspended, I'm sure. Uh, I don't know that they've come out. Did they? Suspended indefinitely without pay? Okay. Okay, so the end of this season, which is the second half of the NFL season, and postseason, which he plays for Cleveland, so don't so, worry about that. Todd Bertuzzi, same same thing, basically. Yeah, well. As far as the suspension goes. And it could go into next season, yeah. I mean, Todd Bertuzzi got lucky with the lockout right, yeah. shielding. He wasn't allowed to play in Europe, oh no. So... <laughs> How do you guys? So I'm curious. Like, how do you guys? How do you guys feel about trying to? How how blurred are the lines between those? Between what happens in a in a sporting event that's inherently violent and trying to equate it to, you know, like an assault charge, for example. There's definitely a line that you can't cross. Todd Bertuzzi certainly crossed it in his his time. Todd Bertuzzi tried to kill a man. Right. Exactly. And. You know, I've seen the play. 
I've watched it a half a dozen times, and I think that probably does cross the line. So, yeah, I'm I'm happy with that suspension for the guy, but it's really hard. It's a hard thing because, uh, like you said, these are violent sports. I think when you're signing a professional sports contract, you're signing up for a little bit of you know what's coming. You know you're going to get hit. You know it's probably going to do damage to you, and you're going to suffer later in life. But then you get into unsportsmanlike conduct. And right. I mean, there's there's a line. Like, yeah. you accept the inherent risk of what happens in the game. Right. But you don't accept them breaking the rules over a continuous stretch of time yeah. and trying to physically hurt you outside of a football play in this case. Yeah, and or, you know what we saw to, to move away from the Bertuzzi, but the McSorley, yeah, sure. Donald Brashear, you can't you know, just, he just whack a dude in the head with your stick. Yeah. 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 This is a, uh, this is definitely tough. I mean, I it definitely crossed the line. That was nasty looking. And those football helmets are heavy. Those yeah. I mean, honestly, really Mason Rudolph got lucky that damage. he got hit with like the inside of that yeah, helmet the padding. Yeah. That, those things are nasty. So, um, this could be a really different story today had yeah. he got him on the outside. Yep. Yeah, I guess it's tough because the Bertuzzi thing seemed premeditated. Oh, whereas 100%. this thing was heat of the moment. So, and I'm not sure that really changes much, but uh, it's so we're talking first degree versus second yeah, degree. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, it's a tough thing. I'm not. I don't know much about how this stuff works legally, but yeah. that. Uh, I mean, I, I guess how would that work? Would the team have to press or the player have to press charges? I guess I don't really yeah, know. Yeah, I think it would probably have to be the player. Yeah, that's how it was with Moore. Yeah, so. I, well, I think his was, uh, I think his was a civil suit. Yeah, which is different than a right. It, it was criminal a charges. money settlement, really. But yeah, yeah, and I wonder if him not really being hurt like changes things there, but. I think uh, it probably changes the equation Yeah. for so, what kind of case he would have in terms of, like, what are you going to sue him for? Yeah, so, I mean, ultimately it's just, like, that was pure stupidity is yeah. what it was. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if something came up from it. I just don't – it comes up so rarely that I guess I just don't have, like, a huge opinion or <laughs> – I, I don't want to say anything that I have no idea what's going on. Like, I don't know if this is the question you're pulling from, but I saw one on this topic mm-hmm. also that – what was worse, this happening? Oh, that was going to be my follow-up. Okay, yeah. This or Mike Milbury jumping yeah. the glass to go beat a fan with his shoe? Yeah, the, the question was, <laughs> is it worse to hit a fan with his own shoe or hit an opposing player with his own helmet? Let's ask, Let's get Peter McNabb out of practice and ask <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, he was there, so. He was in it. It's every, I guess, I can't think of a football sporting event where they fought fans, but hockey has that. Basketball has run our tests. Yeah, mouse of the palace. Yeah, and then uh, baseball is a weird one because fans, players dive into the stands all the time and kind of get roughed up or whatever. But I mean, they usually steal people's nachos. Yeah, that's <laughs> true too. They steal food all the time. Yeah. Well, thanks for the popcorn, kid. <laughs> well, I mean, a shoe's gonna hurt less than, <laughs> than a helmet. Than a so. helmet, depending on unless right. it's like a gator shoe or yeah, something but like that. But. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't slap I, him with the Gucci sandals. Yeah, I know those those helmets are those well, are nasty. And I mean, we've seen hockey players like in a fight where they accidentally in a accidentally maybe on purpose. I don't know. Like they're they grab the helmet and start whipping it at the player. But a football helmet is just like those things are bulky. Yeah, it's true. It's I take a shoot of the from face. a legal standpoint. It's got to be worse to attack a fan though, right? Like. Yeah, yeah, because there's a there's a big line yeah, there. The fan didn't sign up for anything <laughs> as far yeah. as that. Well, concerned. I mean the 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 fan that tried to fight Ty Toby well, and ended up in the penalty true. box sure signed up for it. Even the announcer was telling him to watch the lawsuit on that one. So <laughs> I have the image of that fan in that basketball brawl's face like when he sees the guy <laughs> coming out, <he's> like, <laughs> That's like imprinted into my brain. So uh, I remember that was yeah, I was I was watching that game that night because, you know, Detroit and Indiana were like two of the best teams in the Eastern Conference back then. And it was like it was it was, it was like, oh, down, man, like yeah. these are two teams that really don't like each other. <laughs> and it was the waning moment. And then all of a sudden it was like mass chaos. chaos. Yep. And it was like the announcers don't know what's going on. And you're like, oh, my God, I'm watching something really <laughs> crazy right now. Yeah. It was wild. 
It always happens at the end because the, the thing at the end yesterday happened at the end of the game, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. Next question. And this is an interesting one uh, from our guy, Spencer. Not that the others weren't interesting. <laughs> just this one is a different kind. He says, in this season's edition of What Would You Do If Gary Bettman Gave You Both a 24-Hour Span to Make oh, Three yeah, Changes Each to the NHL, What Would Your Three Changes Be? Any and all answers are welcome, and there are no wrong changes. I'll have to think of my other two, but my first one is implement the NBA bonus rule. NHL team takes five penalties. Team's now in the bonus. Other team gets a penalty shot on your next penalty, no matter what. It's a, so on the sixth penalty? Yeah. You get a penalty shot? Yep. Instead of a power play? Right. Interesting. Or, I mean, if you wanted to add a double bonus, once they get to eight, they get the penalty shot and the power play. Interesting. Wow. I don't... I know one of mine, I would do the... And I don't know if Gary Bedman has this power, but... We're you, assuming you can, he's... All-powerful. Yes, yeah. this the, is an all-powerful... <laughs> I would definitely make it where you can put a teenager in the AHL where that... At least do that once every. I would say probably once every five years you get that option. That's that's one that I would do, and obviously it's not as fun as yours, but <laughs> I think that's a functional thing that could actually help a lot of teams. So I've got two off the top of my head. Yeah. I would allow a roster exemption for shootout specialists. So a guy that can't you can't play in the game, but when you get to a shootout. So Alex Newhook would be on the Avs roster right now, is what you're saying. Like uh, Wojtek Volsky could come back <laughs> yeah, to the NHL, right? right? He'd take the shot in jeans. You could, you could, <laughs> you could, you could, Matt Hendricks could still have a place in the NHL <laughs> instead of, instead of healthy scratching him and whatever, you yeah, know, like, yeah. whatever. I would give, I would give each team one roster exemption just for the shootout okay. so that you don't have to, like, play a guy, you know, like a, you know, a, five minutes a night and then be like, oh, well, we have him because what if we get to a shootout that night? Like, I think that would be cool. I've always thought that would be cool. Uh, my second change is I would extend third periods. And I know I've talked about this before. In one goal games, when uh, a team is trailing and they get a power play inside of two minutes, yeah. I would extend the game to include the entire two-minute power play. So, for example, say the Avs are, are losing three to two. And say this, let's just put it in last night. They're losing in Edmonton three to two. The Oilers take a penalty with a minute twelve left. Get the full two minutes. You get the full two minutes to tie the game, and this is this can only apply to one goal games. Yep. But you get the full two minutes to tie the game, essentially. Sure. Instead of because I don't feel like I think there's more of a benefit to a team taking a penalty. If, it, if it's going to interrupt a scoring chance that the other team has created and has earned and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, there's more of a benefit to taking that penalty than there is a punishment. And so I think it's, it, it, it only adds maybe a minute to the game, whatever. But you would just finish out that power play. You would have to go the full two. A team would have to defend Kill it off. the full two minutes of the power play. And then if the other team scores, then obviously if they score before – Regulation ends, then it goes on as normal. And if it's after regulation, then you just move immediately into overtime. That works with me. It's a change I've been I have been advocating for years that I think makes perfect sense, makes the game better, and solves one of those very situation few situations in the game where you say, This is unfair. You know, we saw in a playoff game a couple years ago, the Ducks took a penalty with like seven seconds left. Yeah. Where he just not he just punished for it at all. Laid yeah. on the puck. Yeah, Kessler just yeah. said, "I'm not going to eat this puck because yeah. it doesn't and matter." He just he just laid on it. Yeah, and then they call the penalty in a seven second power play. There was no punishment for that. Yeah, all they had to do was worry about the face off, and that was it. They don't have to worry. about that's the exact situation that I would look to avoid. That that's what this would be implemented yep. for. Kind of, if we're going off ones that we've advocated for in the past. Yeah. Suspensions should take away a roster spot. You should not be able to dress a person in in replace of someone who's suspended. So it hurts the player and the team even more. Correct. It not only is hurting the player for not playing, right. it punishes the team for saying you played a guy who messed up. So now 
I waffle back and forth whether it should count against the 23-man roster or the 20-man starting lineup. I think the 23-man roster would be fair. Yeah. I think I think putting the team at a disadvantage the next game, you're already at a disadvantage and that player can't play. That's that's a fair enough punishment for Are the team. Are you, though? Like, when Zach Ronaldo gets suspended, does that oh, really I put mean, you at a disadvantage? The team, the team hired Zach Ronaldo, so they're at threat of losing his services because he's a derp. I, so that secretly helps teams sometimes. Yeah, well, though. they don't realize that, otherwise they wouldn't have hired him. So the fact that they fall backwards into good fortune is that's just life sometimes. Nah. I think I think it would taking away from the twenty twenty three man roster. You can sell me on that. Yeah, taking away from the the guys who are allowed to play. I'm not about that. I think that that's a competitive advantage and. What I mean, what if there is a Bertuzzi incident, you know, and the guy is suspended for a really, really long time? Yeah, that team's entire season is over because now they're playing eleven forwards yeah, every really, single night. That'd be brutal. You guys are thinking of interesting ones, and I'm just like, get rid of offsides challenges. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, that's the most. I think yeah. that's the I one think, everyone wants to agree on. That, yeah, uh, that would be unanimous. We could vote on that right now, and it'd be like done. On yep. the, I mean, I guess on that subject, I would say if a player gets hurt mid-game, you have the option of. Bringing in, bring your scratch bring one, in, dressing yeah. one of your scratches. That's something I think, and not every not every team would use it, but it's just the option. It might force team to actually carry more players. Yeah, and the teams that are up against the cap are in trouble because they're not carrying all these extra guys. That's around. True. When they carry Toronto, carried like twenty or twenty one all year. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I actually kind of like that. I, I don't think I got to three, but. I think yeah, I got it, yeah. I got to two, and then there was one that I was thinking about last night. Where I was like, "Oh, I should remember this," and I don't remember what it is. <laughs> Ban Connor McDavid. No. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who scores six points has to sit the next game. <laughs> that I think that would be another change. I think that would be fun. I mean, I, it's not really. I don't. I can't argue that it's good for the game, but I think it would be a. I embrace chaos, and chaos is fun. Would be having opposing teams pick the shooters in the shootout. But if then, you, if you were the opposing team playing the Avs, who would you pick? Ian Cole's taking a lot You're of shots. Right. <laughs> I mean, like it's like it's like Ian Cole, Kevin Connaughton, yeah, Pierre Edward Belmar, <laughs> like probably maybe <laughs> Valerie to choose yeah. him. <laughs> Put know, him out there three times. He would score in a shootout a hundred percent. Maybe maybe, maybe the they can goal. maybe they can pick your first shooter instead of all of them. Yeah, because I mean they'd probably be like, well the fans don't like this anymore. <laughs> right. I don't I didn't come this to watch is, Valerie Dechuskin missed sixteen shootouts. It's, right. <laughs> it's step one in an entirely eliminating the shootout because it's stupid. Oh you're not a shootout fan. Hate it. Do you hate the shootout? Uh, I don't mind it because now it's become so rare. Yeah. Like, well, it doesn't happen that much. 3v3 really did change because there were too many games. It was like 10 to 15 games per team per season were ending in the shootout. I mean, how many shootouts have the has been in the last two years? It's been like well, five. Yeah. But, it's, so it's just so not yeah. many at Here's all. Here's the thing. And I got this idea from Steve Dangle. How long Disregard. does a shootout take time-wise? I don't know, maybe five minutes. What if you just played more three-on-three for all of that time? A goal would get scored like 90% of the time. Okay. And if you can't score in 10 minutes of three-on-three, it's a tie. Just end it. I'm fine with that, but I'm just saying I don't mind the shootout. I don't I don't mind it either. It's fine. I Maybe this, this the scoring system I would probably, the standings s- system I would probably change. Yeah. Oh, there's my third one. Three-point system? Yeah, I would go to the three-point system. I actually like the two-point system. Again, just bring back ties. You don't have to have the winner point. I would also, I would also oh, I, I change the, the draft system, the draft lottery system. I would Definitely, eliminate the yeah. lottery, and yeah. I would implement uh, Micah's gold system. I don't know what that is. Where um, when a team is officially eliminated from the playoff, they oh, the s- win and, and wins after. Exactly. Gotcha. So the team that has the most points after they were eliminated is the team that picks first. That way it, it – removes the it removes tanking i don't know that it does well teams would want to lose faster right like but you just have to make the snap tank decision when you're half good the problem is is that you're not going to get mathematically eliminated at game 50 you're just you're just not in 1617 no i mean like you're just you're just not it's going to be more like like game 60 game 65 and then like okay now you have a really bad team 
That doesn't mean you're going to, I mean, just because you have 20 extra games to rack up points doesn't mean you're going to win. I don't think there's any solution to tanking. Just trust the process and let the tanks the, go. The teams and the teams that are going to push for the playoffs aren't going to have, you know, the Avs get eliminated on the last day of the season. Right. They get one game to whatever. That team doesn't that, that team should not be in the lottery anyway. You know, we saw I agree with that. Like with Chicago last year, Chicago gets the third overall pick because they missed the playoffs by six points. At absolute minimum, shrink it to the top ten. It doesn't need to be the top. Oh, I think it should be if if you're gonna shrink the the current lotto system as it is, it's top five only. I'd be fine with that. Top five only with all three spots, one, two, three, still in play. Yeah. But top five teams. The the and that sucks for the sixth team, but you know what? Either be worse or figure it out. Like be worse. Like Life is hard, dude. Like you got to draw the line somewhere. Bad mediocrity is the worst mediocrity. <laughs> yeah, like Detroit mediocrity is like unwatchable. Yeah. And now that they're actually like legit bad, it's delightful. <laughs> so I ended up making four changes, but that's okay. It's all right. I think I only made two, really. Yeah, so I think I made two. So good Carry deal. Carry the team. All right, we're gonna take our second break Let's right there because that was kind of a long segment, but. While NHL teams tanking might not make very much money, if you want to make some extra money, there is a new travel hack here in Denver. Drift shares locally owned cars with incoming travelers at Denver Airport for a better experience than car rental. You can skip the chaos to save on time and fees when you book, or you can share your car to earn and park for free while you travel. Plus, there's no under 25 fee rule, so it's perfect for friends coming to visit. Drift is great if you're going home for a break and perfect for extended travel like a semester abroad. Allstate Insurance covers your car every trip, and Drift cleans it inside and out. That's right, even if your car isn't rented out while you travel, Drift will still clean your car upon arrival. Get all the info at drivedrift.com. Again, that's drivedrift.com. All right, third segment. A couple more questions coming at you. I have no idea what AJ's going to ask from here. Nicholas Bolton asked like six questions last night, so I feel like I've got to yeah. at least toss a couple of these on the pod. When is McCarr eligible to be signed to an extension, and what deal would you try and sign him to? First answer is this summer. Yeah, July 1st, yep. I believe. He'll no, probably be extended. talking to him before July 1st, would be my imagination. Yeah. Um, I would expect, to be honest, I would expect extension negotiations to begin with at least one current av next month. Yeah. Just hint, hint. Valerie Nachushkin? I will not name you. <laughs> Doesn't have a C in his name, but he wears it on his sweater? <laughs> I will not name the <laughs> next question. <laughs> Plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> no, what deal would you try and sign him to? McCarr. McCarr? Yeah. Uh, pretty much whatever he wants if he keeps playing like this. <laughs> After let's one year. Let's let's yeah, assume I mean, let's assume sixty points. Wins the Calder top five in the Norris. What do you give him? The nine the, by eight. Yeah, the market for the So Yossi. Yeah, sure. The market for defense is just so different and like the RFA forwards that it's just sure. he's probably going to set the new bar would be my imagination that well, he's Shabbat set it at 8 by 8 yeah so I mean, and that was with what did uh, he scored 50 some points last year it was I think it was like I think he had like 80 points in two years was was the bar so 60 in year one if he's even willing to sign the extension right, he yeah. may not and he may just want to you I'm know. gonna go score sixty points again, and you're gonna have to pay me twelve. <laughs> exactly. Like he may he may really break it, but if they could get him to a long term extension after this season, I mean, I I would go eight and a half by nine. I would. Yossi gets that UFA cash. Yeah, and that deal is a hundred percent UFA. I would say between Shabbat and between Yossi is fair. So I, I think eight and a half is in the range for sure. Yeah. Assuming, I mean, he, he could end the season with 30 points also. We don't know. But and then you're not signing him at all. Yeah, right. That would require <laughs> a big slump. Hey, the way the Avs have been getting injured. Yo, don't put that out there. <laughs> that would require a Nachushkin-esque slump. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I mean, eight and a half by nine, you know, I think either way he's going to set the new bar for young RFA defensemen. Um, and he is a little older, so it's going to have some UFA years on the deal. If you're talking eight, yeah. Um, an eight-year deal. You have at least you two, get two, right? Yeah. yeah, I think you would get 
Yeah, so a minimum of two. I'd have to actually. It might be three. Yeah, I don't I'd know. have to actually like sit down and year by year. But you would get a minimum of two. I, w- I would not hesitate to sign him to that deal. And the thing is, because he's going to be their highest paid defenseman, just because he's going to take up that power play number one spot anyway. So sure. um, well, he's better than everybody else. I'd go. I mean, I'd go up. Depending on how he does this year, up to ten, and just say, you know, I'm good, um, because I think. It would require just, eight years, though. None of the six no, years. I mean, like, yeah, eight, exactly. Eight years for sure. Um, because Gerard's already locked up. You know, you yeah. can – At five. And I think Byram, just because of there's not going to be enough power play ice time to go around, I don't think he's going to be super expensive, to be honest. I think, I think Byram is going to be the real linchpin. Yeah. Of, like, he's going to be the real – how he develops defensively will yeah. be a very interesting – determining factor and if he ends up next to McCarr or Gerard does yep. long term. But I yeah, you talk to him as soon as you can. And if he's willing mm-hmm. to sign this summer, then yeah, try to get it between eight and eight and a half and ten million a year is what I would say. And don't even they, don't even talk to him. Just drop a bag of money every day on his doorstep until he agrees to sign. <laughs> That's one way to do it, I guess. What is this college football? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me see here. Um, oh, one of his questions was, "Where in Australia would you like to go?" Yeah, I yeah. like that question. Is there anywhere in Australia you'd like to go? Because there's somewhere I will go. I mean, I want to go to Sydney, but okay, I've been to Sydney, so no, oh, yeah. The first day I was there, I saw some. We were eating lunch right off of uh, Bondi Beach. I think is what it's called, the big fancy beach there. And mm-hmm. some guy walked down the street in crutches with a huge shark bite on the back of his <laughs> leg, and it's like, oh. We're in Australia. <laughs> so it's, uh, I mean, I've been to Sydney. I would like to go. I have a friend in who I grew up in high school with who lives in Melbourne. I'd like to go there. And um, my dad's a big tennis guy, so I would like to go see the Australian Open. This is exactly, I want to go see the Aussie Open. Yeah. I, the tennis is probably my second favorite sport. Maybe third. Yeah, I would say third behind baseball. And uh, I, the Aussie Open is my favorite. And, of course, it's the one that conflicts with my work schedule the most. Yeah. So it'll probably not happen for a long, long time. But that's, like, one of my, like, dream vacations is, like, two weeks in Australia, round of 16 on. Yeah. Because I've been to the U.S. Open in New York, and my dad's been to the French and the in Wimbledon. Oh, I hate so the French Open. I the Australian Open's that. the only one, so I would love to go watch that. That'd be cool. You couldn't pay me to go to Roland Garros to see the French Open. Of long. course, it happens – because that would be the middle of their summer, and it's going to be scorching hot there. Yeah. Where I went to Australia when it was like, it was April. I was <laughs> going to say April here, but it's yeah. also April there. It's just a different time of year over there, right. so it wasn't that bad. It's more like October weather. Yeah. I'm boring. I just go watch the AIHL. Just watch hockey in Australia instead yeah. of here. Oh, well, I mean, previous pod, we talked about the NZIHL. Yeah. Yeah. How we go, we go see that. So it's But Australia, I don't know. It's just so far away from me. I've never been anywhere close to. You, you know, I would also like to catch some of the um, Australia Basketball League. The, yeah, they're actually Their, their good. pro basketball yeah. produces, um, you know, current nugget. Tori Craig played in Australia. So, I, th- I think. Was it New Zealand? Okay. Australia don't, don't get real up. mad about that, yeah. Well, and, like, <laughs> I remember... The Concords episode. Well, I remember, like, Terrence <laughs> Ferguson was a top high school prospect, and he went to... He just skipped college and said, I'm going to go play in Australia. It was the first-round pick. Still can't shoot and still sucks, but, you know, <laughs> not the point. So, that's why I would go to Australia to do the same things I do in the United States, yeah, just to watch uh, sports. Pretty much. Except I don't... I, tennis isn't really... Like outside of the the U.S. Open and maybe like Cincinnati and Miami, yeah. Uh, and then the the Masters 1000 event in Toronto. There's not really a lot of good North American tennis that, anymore. Yeah. I would like to get to Steve Irwin's Zoo. That would be cool. Is that the one where they have the the John Oliver thing I, with the koalas? Maybe I don't. Oh, know. I did. The, I took pictures with the koala. Oh yeah, yeah. And they, well, the they did the thing where they have to warn you, like don't. Don't get too close because, what do they, carry chlamydia yeah. or something like that? <laughs> they, like 90% of the population has an yeah. STD or something. But also, got to watch out that. for the drop bears. Drop bears. Drop bears will get you. I was on snake and and spider alert at all times yeah. when I was there. So you just got to watch out for everything when it's you're It's Australia, Australia after all, yeah. yeah. 
Do we have any more? Maybe one like, more abs? I don't know. One <laughs> more? What? So now questions. We have we have <laughs> four done. questions all kind of surrounding Taylor Hall. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm not gonna get into like what would it cost, what would you know most of these questions are regarding his personality. And the is he a locker room cancer? My question, I'm going to kind of kind of combine all of these questions into one general discussion here is when you talk about the Taylor Hall thing, what are the downsides and how much of a concern would it be for you that he could be a locker room problem? I mean, the joke on the Internet was Taylor Hall's the type of person to walk into a bar and announce himself. So I don't know how much truth there is to that. I don't think that that's something you worry about when you're going out and getting a top elite heart trophy winning talent. Mm-hmm. NHL players heart are professional. Well, maybe a little bit, but you put them with the guy who should have won it so he McKinnon can steal it when Hall's yeah. not looking. And They'll take could. the votes from each other. There you go. <laughs> the Pittsburgh problem. <laughs> no, follow up. How much do you make of the 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 – personality issues that were made such a big deal out of by Edmonton media who always seems to yeah, find a problem yeah. with the guy after he's left. They're very Boston media in that way, but he hasn't, as far as I know, has, have not had problems with him in Jersey. I mean, when he was there, he was young. Yeah. That young too. guy. And in Edmonton, hockey's all they really have. So yeah. he's kind of on top of the world there. So I could, I guess I can see where that came from, but people grow up. I mean, I don't know much about his personality, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. My concerns with him are always going to be if if you're trading for him, you are. I'm assuming you're wanting to sign him to an extension, and then you got to worry about health. Yeah. So, personality-wise, I I feel like this locker room is good enough now to handle really anyone. How weird is that? Yeah. That we're it's not very different that we're having deal. that conversation where we're like, locker room can handle it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, after years of the love. Problems. <laughs> Don't bring in anybody within with a volatile personality because it'll ruin everything. It, well, and Hall was booed out of the building in Edmonton for years, so certainly there's no love lost there well, and, either. And, uh, this is why I bring up the point of the Edmonton media yeah. had as a way about them. You know, Peter Chiarelli was great, and then the day he was fired, he was totally incompetent. The real concern for me is if the Avs get Taylor Hall, they might miss the playoffs because his best skill is winning the lottery. <laughs> it's something like this, is a, this would be a year to do it. It's like, yeah. Would, I know. would you take Quentin Byfield first, no. or would you take no? Lafreniere? No, I love Byfield, but Lafreniere is insane. That especially kid is broken. With, well, especially with Colorado centers as they are, you could justify the wing. I. And then you trade Taylor Hall again, <laughs> <laughs> just to get Lafreniere. Like, all right, boys. You Mission did your job. Yeah, exactly. You won the lottery and you just move him. <laughs> no, I mean, my concerns. I don't. I don't think too much about the locker room stuff because I haven't been in there. I think all of those guys have matured enough to where they can handle mm-hmm. pretty much anything. Uh, my concerns with him are always going to be health and the fact that his game is built around speed. Mm-hmm. And it's like I've always thought Nearing if 30. Duchesne loses a step, his game's going to fall off. If Hall loses a step. I kind of think the same thing. So, um, and he had the knee issue last year. I don't know really what came of that, but um, it's that, been great those this are, year. Yeah, in coming back, those are really my concerns with him. Is you know, the extension essentially, how he ages. Yeah, the age, the the injury issues, the the cost of the contract. Yeah, it's going to be expensive. Too. If you could get it at say between Anders Lee and Jeff Skinner. Yeah. I think so. If you, you if you get him under nine, if you get him under nine, yeah, is Jeff Skinner making nine? Yeah, yeah. Would that? I mean, is that is that a huge win for you? I th- yeah, and I th- I think it's pretty unrealistic. So I th- yeah, I think I would he's say getting, that's a huge win. I think he's getting ten plus. So <laughs> if he gets hurt again this year, that would so you still get it. ten plus. Yeah, the, if he gets hurt again, it's a different story. That's true. Then I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> then you don't want him at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I thought I, f- I figured it w- I would be remiss if we didn't touch on Taylor. You Hall gotta at, at least all. mention it's not, it. It's not a podcast if we haven't talked about Taylor Hall. Yeah, because it's it's one of those things that's absolutely on the Abs fans' minds. 
Let me go back to my bliss of thinking Toffoli's 25. You ruined that for me yesterday. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> he is 27. I know. It's it's so. It's I feel old scratch, now. A healthy scratch in Los Angeles. So one of our one of our live viewers just sent us a picture and says that he was he had a koala in his backyard. Oh, how are you even listening live from Australia right now? Yeah, it's got to be like 4 a.m. or something. Dedication, guys. Don't do them. Hey, when I was there, I, to the, you. I was there during the playoffs, and the playoff game started at like 10 a.m. So That's awesome. I'm trying to like think on top Just of my head. Wake up and like start a day with be. playoff hockey. Yeah, that's actually perfect. But. Oh my God. Can I do that? Can we do that? Can we change the yeah. start all, times? All day games now uh, in the NHL. I mean, what it really should be is it should be like, Start time at noon, like how college football does it. Yeah, and then you just run it All through the day, day like yeah. eight straight hours of yeah. pure adrenaline. Go, full, and then you crash and you sleep all day. Go Sunday. full like GSL Super Tournament on it, where it's just <sighs> don't talk dirty to me. <laughs> God, I would love that. That would be awesome. I could get down with it. Shout I've out GSL. Wasted many a college day just staring at video games. That I'm not even playing. Did you watch uh, the WCS finals at BlizzCon? I did not. I yeah, didn't watch any of BlizzCon. I watched the Diablo 4 stuff and was like freaked out. <laughs> I, I've never been a Diablo guy, so. Uh, one last question. You guys talk, you brought up uh, changing the rules for teenagers in the AHL. We have a question about Byram from Max McLeod. says, what are the rules for calling Byram up to the NHL? Can they call him up whenever? When do you think that happens? After juniors, end of the year before playoffs, or just wait until next year? So they can't call him up whenever. He's with his junior team until the end of the season. I te- the end of their season, right? Yeah. Technically, they could release him from the WHL. I've actually looked this up, and it's super convoluted, and it yeah. would take a million things, and all the teams in the WHL would have to pass on signing him. But... <laughs> It could happen. Seems likely <laughs> that he could come back, but no. He during his season in the WHL, he cannot come back to the NHL. I'd be perfectly fine dropping him in during the playoffs. I don't know about you guys, but given I want to see how he progresses. Of course, you know if he his defense is not improved at all by yeah. the end of the year, it's a different conversation. I mean, his defense is already off to a much better start. Right, he's been especially this past two weeks. He's been much much better on the defensive end. Pretty good. That uh, Canada yeah, Russia subway Canada. series. I know it's not called the subway series anymore. I keep calling really? it that too. Yeah. So I don't um, know what to what call do it. I know. It's I think it's CBIC now or something. It's the but. Jimmy John series now. <laughs> <laughs> that was a dad joke. Quiz knows. <laughs> um, yeah, he can't come up. I mean, because Vancouver's not doing as well as maybe everyone yeah, they, thought they were. They're not doing. the star-studded yeah. beast of a team. We've which, talked about him before on the pod as a. Like trade candidate, the yeah. acquisition for somebody and let Vancouver kind of reset. Yeah, especially with Tendek and Net. Supposedly they're looking to move him as well to oh, minor the guy. Absolutely, and move Tendek because it's Tendek's last year yeah, as well. It's his overage year. They so. should move Tendek, Roman, and uh, and Byram. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. And the thing is, they could just as easily give away the next thirty years of first round picks and try and go all in, but. Either way, Byram's situation will get better, whether it's him getting moved or mm-hmm. Vancouver bringing players in. Would you drop him into the playoffs? See, I didn't think they would throw McCarr in as quick as they did last year. and then I mean, McCarr had, McCarr had the kind of season where you yeah. just like. Mm-hmm. I guess my – I don't really know because I've heard that he's doing well in the mm-hmm. WHL. I haven't had a chance. I've also heard that he looks bored, and then he really has to turn it on. when he When he wants to turn it on, then it's just like – he is. You can see how much better he is than everyone else. So, is that boredom a problem for his development? I that was my concern about him going back, which is why I would have preferred him being kind of in between. But uh, I mean, I don't think it is just because I'm not worried about his offensive development. Right? We know he has. No, he's not going to score 26 goals again, yeah. and we know that he can. He still drives a ton of offense whenever he right. wants well, to. Right. I guess so. in a way, that's why I was like, well, Vancouver being not as good as they were expected to be, maybe isn't the worst thing because now he has to play a little bit more defense and work on that side of right. his game. So exactly. Um, I he didn't look ready to me in the preseason, so 
that is kind of my baseline, but obviously he's got a year to grow. So I would lean towards no in the playoffs, but we'll see. If he keeps growing, you never know. Do we have any live questions? I have not seen any come through. Perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that's all we got for you today. Uh, if you want a hat, AJ is wearing a sweet DNBR hat. Go buy one. We have a bunch of different options, a bunch of different sweet shirts and stuff for the DNBR merch or Avs merch or Rockies merch or Nuggets merch or anything else. Go check it out. I highly recommend it. Or if you sign up for an annual membership, you get a shirt for free. So go for it. We're running out of time here. Last chance to use codes AJ, Rudo, or Rowell. Give us a, a little last-second boost to try and try and pump those numbers up. Try and beat the Nuggets, guys. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm going to be honest. But, you know, I'd like a free year of Breck Brew, at least enough to, like, convince them to give me some. Yeah. But anyway, that's going to do it for us. Hope you enjoyed another question show from all three of us. It was nice to get everyone on and, and get their opinions. That's all I got. We will talk to you Monday. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician, where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com.